Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, about how to suit up for spiritual warfare. I'll share an insight which I think will resonate with most of you. I have found that I am most tempted after spiritual mountaintop experiences. I have found God uses me, you know, I have the privilege of a platform. I couldn't imagine uh, 20 years ago or even 10 years ago that God has given me the platforms he has. And so I get, I get opportunities to have God use me and minister to people and it's glorious and and I'm always humbled by it. And I'm like, Lord, thank you. And, I, and I'll sense his spirit moving and touching lives. And then I'll go home. And I'll be a little tired, a little poured out, but certainly happy about you know, what I've been investing in. And it's at those moments that the enemy comes. Uh, at the end of Jesus' 40-day fast, when the Spirit, the Holy Spirit impelled him into the wilderness to kind of uh, make him a more faithful and merciful high priest, he was tempted by the enemy. And the enemy's first temptation was, why don't you turn that stone into bread? You're certainly hungry. I mean, 40 days. Come on, man. Right? If you're the son of God. See, that's, that's how the tempter comes. He comes when we think we're strong, but we're feeling weak. And that's why part of your preparation for spiritual warfare is to understand yourself. You have to understand when you are the most susceptible. You have to understand what areas of your life make you most susceptible. And you cannot be foolish about them. Now, I want you to... Go to Romans 13 for a second, and I'm going to show you a key passage. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. And the next verse is going to say, put on the full armor of God. Okay? Since this is not literal physical armor, but we know it's spiritual, we have to understand how you put on such a thing and what exactly is it. So let's look at Romans 13. This will give us some insight. This is verse 12. Romans 13, 12. It says, the night is almost gone and the day is at hand. Let us therefore lay aside the deeds of darkness. I want to highlight some key phrases if you like to mark your Bible. Notice the phrase in verse 12, lay aside the deeds of darkness. And you'll notice darkness and light will be two key metaphors. And put on the other key phrase, the armor of light. Now here, the armor of God is called the armor of light. It's in contrast to the deeds of darkness, which will be helpful. First, Paul starts with the negative, the things that you need to lay aside. These are deeds of darkness. You've got to put them aside and put on the armor of light. Notice what they are. This is not exhaustive, but it says, Let us behave properly, Romans 13, 13, as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, which speaks of unbridled lust, not in strife, that means tension with others, and jealousy, I think that's pretty obvious. Now we could spend a lot of time in verse 13 looking at this list of sins that's there, and we would say that these sins are available to us a fingertip away 
like no other generation that's ever lived because of media and computer and stuff like that. It's everywhere. If you want to indulge the flesh, you just click the mouse and it is there for consumption. So your best tool in dealing with the kingdom of darkness is to know your own triggers, your own weaknesses, what, when and what you're susceptible to and avoid those things. And so look at verse 14. This is part of the battle. But put on, lay aside the deeds of darkness in verse 13, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now some of you might say, be saying, how do you put on Jesus? The image is like clothing and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. Now the word flesh in Greek is sarx. It's S-A-R-X, transliterated into English. And there's many definitions of the word flesh, but in this setting, Paul's talking about that part of your humanity that still has all this bent toward doing sinful things. And when it comes to your flesh, not your legitimate needs, because part of your flesh is simply legitimate needs like food and water and love and uh, even appropriate intimacy in the context of marriage. Those are legitimate needs. We're talking about illegitimate needs now. And when it comes to the lust of your flesh, you are to make, look at the verse, no provision. Now the word provision in Greek speaks of forethought and supply. You are not to supply your flesh. You are not to make any provision for your flesh. So imagine this. Imagine you and I, we're going to go on a hike and we're going to go up to this local hill and we're going to hike a couple miles. We're going to take provisions for our trip. So let's say we packed a backpack and we put some water bottles in there, granola bars, and whatever we might need. Let's say we're going to be gone four or five hours. So we took provisions. So we pack our backpack and we're going to head up and we're going to do some hiking. And so a couple miles into the journey, we've got a water bottle and we've got a granola bar and we've got provision for our legitimate needs. But when it comes to your life in terms of illegitimate, sinful provisions of the flesh, you are to make Zero provision for it. Make no provision for your flesh. Your flesh wants provision. Okay, make sure that when this next urge comes from me, don't forget about me, that you have provisions ready to supply the next indulgence. Now, I've used this image before, but I think it makes the point. It would be like having a weakness to uh, cookies and cream, ice cream. You, your doctor tells you it's killing your health, man. You've got to get away from it, and you go down to Rite Aid, and you buy a huge tub of cookies and cream, and you put it in the freezer. And then you, every time you walk by the freezer, you do something like this. Oh, Lord. Help me. It's calling to me, Lord. Come into the freezer with me, whatever you might say. Right? That's just dumb. Why? Because you made a provision for your flesh and now you set yourself up for a fall. Don't buy the cookies and cream ice cream. Look, I'll tell you, if it's there, I'm going to eat it. I like my sweets. You put it in the freezer. My wife says this all the time, right? Why do you do that? You say, hey, want to come back on the sweets? You and the boys go to the store. What do you come back with? Well, we only got seven gallons of it. It was on sale. (laughs) We'll eat eat it quick. (laughs) Right? Stumbling people. Man. So you're to make no provision. You're to give your flesh no forethought or a supply. Have you ever come to this realization 
Have you ever come to a point in your life where you realized you were doing exactly that? Have you ever come to the realization that I'm just playing a game with this thing? If I were truly serious about that being out of my life, that would not be in my freezer. That channel would not be on my TV. There would be a filter on my computer. There would be some way that I was blocking access to that thing, but I have made a provision for it. And then when I fall to it, am I shocked? I fell to that sin again. Well, let's see. Let's figure out what you did. Pastor, I've got a problem with alcohol. Okay. I fell the other day to alcohol. Okay. Tell me what you did. Well, I get off work every day and I walk down the street and I walk right by this bar and the door's always open and my buddies are in there knocking back a cold one and, and I find myself drawn to there. And so I go in and I have a beer, but I don't just have one beer. I have three or four or five and I fall to it again. Pastor says, okay. Let's, let's think about this. So you get off work, you walk down the street, the door's open, see your buddies, go in there, have too many drinks. I have a prescription, I'll write it out for you. Walk down a different street! <laughs> see, the truth is, we have sometimes met the enemy, and it's us. And if we want to be serious about things that are Um, under our skin and stumbling our life. We can't play games with sin because we know if we give it forethought and we supply the flesh, the flesh will indulge. So you have to avoid it. You have to make some um, strategic defensive moves. It says on the positive side, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now the positive seems to indicate here that there's a way every day to order your life wherein you are covered, the images of putting on clothing, by his presence. That's what it means. The idea of putting on the Lord Jesus. Now this Greek word for put on, and we're gonna, we'll look at it in a moment in Ephesians, is enduo. And this would be an important word to write down in English. Tra- uh, again, transliterated into English, it's E-N-D-U-O, in duo. What does it sound like to you, in duo? It's the word endow. It means to be endowed with power from God. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem, Luke 24, until you are endowed with power from on high. In Acts 1.8, very similar. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, what? Comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. What the endowment is, is spiritual power from heaven to you. That's what it is. The armor of God is the power of God, but more than that, the armor of God is the presence of God. And you might say, but wait a minute. Jesus Christ already lives in me. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, you are. But there's still an additional need for power from God. And it has to do with the filling of the Holy Spirit. And it has to do with putting on the new man. And it has to do with the armor of God. And all these are different metaphors to show you your deep need for God's presence and power. That's what the Bible's saying. Without Him, we are exposed and vulnerable. With Him, nobody can come against us. Amen? Who who can come against us? If God is with us, who can be against us? See, the, the issue is 
What's the power looking like in your life? And how do you get the power? Well, many of you have experienced what you might call a nominal Christian life. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Hey, Pastor Michael and the team really appreciate you listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to bring you the truth of God's Word and help you apply it to your life. To equip you when people in your community have questions, not to throw the truth in their faces, but to have an answer for the hope you have inside you. Would you please help us with something? Would you please reach out to us today to tell us how Walk in Truth has been a blessing to you? We have a church board, and they would love to hear from our listeners. They want to know how this ministry is reaching you. We would love to know how Pastor Michael's messages have helped you day to day, or even just this one time if you're a first-time listener. Please take a couple moments to either call us and leave us a message or email us. The number is 844-48-TRUTH or you can email us at contact at walkintruth.com. That's 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH or contact at walkintruth.com. And thank you so much and God bless. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. See, the, the issue is, what's the power looking like in your life? And how do you get the power? Well, many of you have experienced what you might call a nominal Christian life. You've been a nominal Christian. What does that mean? That means there's been points in your life where all you did was go to church, but when it comes to the power of God, you knew very little about the power of God because you're hanging on by your fingernails. So you don't don't sense God's power coursing through you. What you sense is a defeated life. You're hanging on. Why? Because instead of the provisions of the Spirit, you spend more time in the provisions of the flesh. It's not hard to figure out how that's going to end. Amen? That's why I've told you many times when I've stood up here and talked about other issues that there's no um, just magic pill to a, a deep spiritual walk. It takes time and investment. You have to be in God's word. You have to be in the things that will bring the covering to you. Here's an example. Go back to Ephesians and we'll start to wrap this up. Do you remember the provision of the manna in the wilderness for Israel? Um, let's think about some things about it. God let it rain down and they, they would pick it up in the morning And they were not to take more than a day's supply except for the Sabbath um, time. They were to take one day's supply for their tent or their household. And so they had an opportunity. When you woke up in the morning and the manna would come down from God, it was bread from heaven and it was sweet and it was white and you had a choice. You'd come out of your tent and you could either walk on the manna or you could pick it up. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? That's a little manna humor for you. It's in the book too. (laughs) Here's what I'm saying. The provision for Israel was there, but the unique thing about the provision was they had to pick it up. It had to be manna for today. They had to make a decision to invest in what God had provided. They had to do something. God rained it down, but they had to pick it up. God had provided the provision. And in John 6, Jesus uses the image and he says, hey, it wasn't Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It was my father. And then Jesus says, the bread from heaven, the bread of God is... I am 
the bread of life. So Jesus is not only the provision for our sin, as major as that is, I don't want to underestimate that in any way. He is the ultimate provision by dying on the cross and rising from the dead, but he's, a, he's also our provision in our Christian walk. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. You see, it doesn't just stop at your salvation. That's just the beginning. Now Jesus is in the faith perfecting business. That's what Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 are all about. And he's constantly giving provisions to his people. One of your provisions is right here. How do you think America's doing with Bible reading right now? You, you've, some of you have done the circuit of churches. You can't even half the time hear it preached in the church. A couple of verses sometimes quoted out of context and you're like, What? What good is that going to do, the people of God? If this is one of our major provisions to cover us with the presence of God, we need it. And we need it desperately. And so, verse 11 says, put on, here's our Greek word in duo, Ephesians 6, 11. And I think we're going to do two verses tonight. Put on the, how much of it? The full armor of God. We need it all. And you're going to see as the study progresses, there are seven pieces of armor. Seven is the number of perfection or completion. And you need every single piece. Every one of them. You need them. And so we're going to break them down and we're going to talk about what they are and how they show who God is and how they show the face of the enemy and how this can help you in your own walk and your dealing with temptation. So it says, put on in duo, clothe yourself Uh, Put on the full armor of God. We need it all. It's from God. It's God's armor. That you may be able to stand firm against the, would you notice? Schemes of the devil. And that word schemes is methodia in Greek. It's where we get our English word. What does it sound like to you? Methods. The devil is a schemer. He has methods. And his methods are age old. They're in the Bible. They have to do with lies. They're going to match the pieces of armor. We'll see his face reflected in each custom piece is to deal with how he comes at us. He comes at us with doubt. He attacks our salvation. Are you really saved? Do you really know God? You have a helmet, right? And so you need to put on the full armor of God that you may stand against his methods or schemes. A little bit overwhelming to think he's scheming, but he is. And these are the schemes of the devil. And so you need the full armor of God. Picture a hockey goalie. You know, in the old days, and hockey players still are missing teeth, but they used to, first they didn't have the mask, and then they wore that weird Jason mask for a while in the 70s and 80s. You know, kind of weird, but anyway, scared of the hockey goalie. But, uh, but imagine when you're going to uh, go into a sport, let's say you're a baseball catcher or a hockey goalie, your equipment becomes essential. If you don't have the proper equipment on and they fall off one of those 98-mile-an-hour fastballs and you catch one in your face, you're done. You get one of those pucks in your chops and you don't have proper protection, you're done. And so here the idea is put on the full armor of God that you might stand against the assault of the enemy. But it's not pucks and baseballs. In this case, it has to do with the spiritual attack. And so you need to put on the full armor of God that you might stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Doubt, uh, dissatisfaction. He might uh, come at you with distraction. And uh, I'll give you some D's that I have noted and we'll dig into them a little bit more in future studies. He's a deceiver, deception. He brings doubt, discouragement, dissatisfaction. I mean, these are the different ways that he comes at us. And so 
In Ephesians uh, 6, verse 12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You see that phrase? Paul didn't say my struggle. He said what? Our struggle. Wouldn't it be good, and I think we'll do this and we'll just end for tonight, wouldn't it be good for us all to confess that the Christian life sometimes is very much a struggle? And I'm not just saying that because I have experienced it. My Bible just said that. It's our struggle. And this struggle will develop a little bit more next time, but it has to do with hand-to-hand combat, mano a mano kind of language here. It's a war. I have noticed in my Christian life, there are times when I feel like I am sailing smooth I got no problems. I feel good as a believer. And there are other times in my Christian experience where I'm like, what in the world is going on? It feels like an absolute onslaught of the enemy. I feel weak, poured out, beat up. I feel like everything I, every time I turn around, I'm in another washing machine. Sin intensifies, magnifies. Can I get a witness? And sometimes I'm like, Lord, help Right? It's a struggle. And I think it would be all, we'd all do ourselves a favor if we didn't fake that. Now, I don't, I don't believe in a Christian walking around, there's a struggle. Nobody knows. <laughs> right? Come on. Look. But I think it would also be good to know that it, the Bible acknowledges that it is our struggle. Sometimes we're phony as believers. Right? How you doing today? Oh, I'm just doing just fine. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Right? Because we know they don't want to hear about our problems anyway. <laughs> right? But the truth is, it is our struggle. But remember the overarching theme that we'll drive home over and over again in the coming Wednesday nights. But the battle belongs to the Lord. I'm already on the winning team. And I'm going to struggle this side of heaven. But I know where I'm going. I know who's already won the victory. And I, I'm just going to say, Lord, I'm just going to stand behind you. That's, that's what it means to put on the armor. I, I have, uh, the Pronios gave me a, a picture in my office and it shows Jesus, it depicts him as a shepherd. He's got the staff and he's standing there and there's a little lamb right by his side with this smile on his face and there's like three wolves off in the distance and they're like, we, we just want to have lamb chops right now. But the shepherd's right there and I am the little lamb. <laughs> and I'm gonna stay as close as I can, right? And I'm gonna walk with him. And he's going to walk with me. That's what it's about. You've been listening to Suit Up for Spiritual Warfare, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can always listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. But please continue listening here because... Well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app. It's on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. And you can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings on the book of Job, Psalms, First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, the bottom line is we have a spiritual battle, don't we? And we have an enemy, and he's on the prowl. And uh, there, are, there are victims in his wake, no doubt. He goes about as a roaring lion and seeking to devour. Don't give him a foothold in your life, brethren. And, you know, when temptation comes knocking, 
Let Jesus answer the door. The best thing to do is call upon the Lord. And sometimes it's the last thing we want to do when we're being tempted. Let's be honest. But when we call upon the Lord, when we ask him to intervene, he is so faithful. We resist the devil firm in our faith. He will flee from us. Praise God. He will flee when we resist firm in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, one of the ways that you can build up your faith is by being in fellowship. If you've been away for a while, it's time to get back. For those of you who have some health concerns, I get it and be careful with that. But for all of you who, you know, that's really not an issue for you, get to church. We have two services on Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, the city of Corona, where I serve as senior pastor, 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. We're at 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. You can get information and directions. You can find out about the church, what's available at each service, etc. when you call 844-48-TRUTH or... Maybe easier, go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab and you can find out all that you need to know. That's walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab. We'd love to have you here today. Come on out or make sure you go to church wherever you live in this wonderful United States of America. Get to church, be part of the church. God bless you and we'll see you on Monday. And join us on Monday for Pastor Michael Lance's continued teaching about spiritual warfare in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.